Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels on a Face Wrestling Podcast. Today is a bonus episode. It's going to be a semi-brief conversation with another Chicago Pro Wrestling fan named Nick Swinky. We had a request to talk about the GCW show that happened, I believe, back in May, I want to say, in Villa Park. Um, I know that this show took place a while ago, but it's a pretty unique show to come to Chicago, and we had a fan request to talk about it because Chris and I were not able to make it to the show. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and just what you can expect, I guess, from future GCW shows in Chicago. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about the G1 upcoming, and we're going to try to watch every single match of the G1. Hashtag watch every match movement. It's going to be very difficult, but I think Chris, myself, Greg, and Nick are up to the task. We'll see. We'll see. Um, if you're looking to support Two Years on a Face Wrestling Podcast, you can share this with a friend. You can go check out our pins at wrestlingwithunicorns.org. Our shirts are, are at whatamaneuver.net. Um, or you can email us, info at twoheelsandaface.com. We had someone email us about how much a certain mask cost, um, which I thought was cool because Chris usually posts those photos on Instagram. Uh, yeah, so just uh, click the pay, play button, share with a friend, and thank you for listening. And we'll get right into the conversation right now. All right, I'm now on the phone with Mr. Nick Swinky. It is not pronounced Swink, it is pronounced Swinky. And uh, Nick is also a uh, is local to the scene, uh, Chicago wrestling fan. Has his own podcast as well called That Wrestling Show. And uh, Nick, uh, please introduce yourself. Say hello to the people. And if you there's anything I missed, uh, feel free to mention it. All right, hey everybody, how's it going? I am the Swink, otherwise known as Nick Swinky. The Swink, of course, being my handle because you know everybody in radio's got to have a handle. Uh, but no, uh, host of that wrestling show, which you can actually listen to a couple of ways. Uh, if you, uh, are on the internet, you can always listen to it on the, uh, website, the edge on air.com. I, uh, broadcast the show live Tuesday nights from eight to 10 PM at central time. So you can listen to it live streaming, or, uh, I always put these shows up later, uh, on Wednesdays on podcast form on uh, SoundCloud. Right, right, right. We're Sound, SoundCloud brothers in that sense. We use SoundCloud as well. Um, and uh, so the reason why you're here today, you know, we're both part of the ECW uh, Facebook group, Extreme Chicago Wrestling. Um, I noticed a lot. You're very, you're very much Johnny on the spot with your, uh, <laughs> your dates and your uh, uh, confirming of news and sources and things of that nature. Um, and then, you know, saw that you had your own show and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I wanted to just bring you on. Uh, cause I feel like you're just, you know, you'd be a good wrestling fan to talk to. And like we, we at two heels in a face, we like to have wrestling fans on, um, not just wrestlers. So wrestling fans, in fact, we've had a majority of wrestling fans, so we want to keep it that way. But we also had a special request from a fan, um, whose name I can't remember, but it was in the Instagram comments somewhere. And, um, they wanted to know about the GCW show that ran, I believe it was around like May, I think it was May 12th in Villa Park, Illinois. It's called The Untouchables. Um, Game Changer Wrestling was here. I didn't get to go. Chris didn't get to go. We knew some people that went, but you had the pleasure of going. Uh, so really, 
I wanted you to just give you the floor here um, and just tell me about what that experience was like. How can you compare it to others? Because I heard it was just an insane experience. All my friends around the ring, uh, such as Basil, who was taking photographs, and Martine from Wrestling with Unicorn said they were dodging just shards of glass constantly, kind of like the Matrix. Uh, so how was that experience in the show, in your opinion? So, yeah, uh, this is my first time going to a GCW show. I mean, I'd seen uh, some of their shows prior to this, like the uh, Joey Janela Spring Break shows and, uh, you know, Matt Riddle's Bloodsport, but I'd never been to an actual GCW show. I know they did one in Milwaukee last year, but I didn't get to go to it. Um, so this is my first time going to one. And it was actually my first time going to an actual, like, all deathmatch wrestling type of show. So it was definitely a different experience for me as I'm used to going to stuff like, you know, AEW and uh, things of that nature. So this was a completely different kind of show than that. Um, this was in Villa Park at the Gali Arena, and I had never been to the Gali Arena before because I'd never been to a Gali show. So this was my first time being there. And, you know, at first I was like, where is this place? And it's like in the back of a flea market. I'm like, right okay, here. this is different right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, the atmosphere was a lot different. Um, when I got there, uh, I had a front row ticket. I was like, I don't know if this was such a good idea. <laughs> oh, no, you're in the danger zone. You're in the danger zone. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's like that scene from The Simpsons with Ralph when he chuckles. I'm in danger. <laughs> you're, always, you're always in danger if you're sitting in front. Of, it doesn't matter what show you go to, but. But this particular show, yeah, you kind of were. Uh, but yeah, the the show kind of started with uh, with uh, Nate Webb, who hasn't been here in the Chicagoland area in forever, uh, right. coming back, taking on uh, Jimmy Lloyd. And this was a pretty tame match compared to some of the other matches later in the card. Um, right. so, some chair shots were involved and, you know, uh, some of that kind of thing. Um you know, Nate Webb, I don't know if you've ever seen him before. His entrance is uh, amazing because he comes out to uh, weed his teenage dirt bag. So he comes out and uh, eventually the uh, a large portion of the audience joins him and they all get in the ring and dancing around to, to weed us, basically. Oh, they got uh, in the ring? Yeah, in the ring, yeah. They got in the ring <laughs> oh, with him. okay. Because there were some hardcore GCW fans, I think, that made the trip from New Jersey to be at this show. Wow. You could tell that they were uh, GCW hardcore fans. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good match. Nate Webb ended up winning. Um, you know, he got on the mic afterwards and talked about how he was glad to be back here in Chicago. And The, the card, was it – are you a fan of, like, deathmatch after deathmatch after deathmatch? Was it too much? Was it – you know, something you would go to every once in a while or like, cause I enjoy a good death match, but I just don't know if I could sit through eight of them. Um, so what's your take on, on that? Was it, was it too much or like it, was it to be expected cause it's GCW and it was fine. But you know, if they ran monthly in Chicago, you probably wouldn't go or kind of, where do you fall on that line? Uh, I think I enjoyed it. I mean, there was uh, another match here, which didn't have any kind of hardcore, uh, weaponry involved or anything like that, but uh, I enjoyed it. It means the first time experience. Um, I would probably go back. I, I had a good time. It was definitely a different experience than uh, you know anything else in the area. 
But then, uh, you know, like I said, after Nate Webb and Jimmy Lloyd, you had Alex Colon and uh, Miedo Extremo, and they they actually brought out the light tubes. This is where the light tubes came into play, and there was a okay, lot of okay. light tubes used. Uh, so something that was interesting is they told everybody to bring weapons to the shows. Right, so right. You had people bringing all kinds of stuff, but there was an abundance, an overabundance, if you will, of light tubes. So there was glass everywhere by the end of the night. I would hate to be on that ring crew, have to clean up all that mess after it was over. <laughs> but yeah, this is where you got to watch out for broken glass. Cause there was a lot of light tubes used in this match and Alex Sloan ended up winning this match, but okay. uh, it was a pretty brutal uh, match and both guys bled everywhere. Um, yeah. But both of these guys are, are really good at, and not just the deathmatch style of wrestling, but wrestling in general, because Miedo Extremo is one of those guys from uh, DTU down in Mexico. Right, right. Like a Lucha Libre slash deathmatch wrestling promotion. So, you know, that was something also different that I had never seen before, like Lucha Libre mixed with deathmatch wrestling. Oh, so, that's a good point. Yeah, that was kind of what this match was all about. And then here's the other match where you didn't really have any weapons involved. It was a four-way match for the extreme title. It was uh, Tony Deppin against Eli Everfly, Gringo Loco, and KTB. And obviously okay. I, I'm familiar with Gringo Loco as he wrestles all over the area. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd seen KTB, Tony Deppin, Eli Everfly, and other promotions and, uh, you know, on previous GCW shows, but I had never seen uh, them in person Well. Yeah, I'd never seen them in person before this, and Eli Everfly is amazing. Um, and at one point, he climbed the entranceway. Uh, there was, like, the metal trussing of the entranceway and did a moonsault off the top of it. So wow. this match was a crazy spot fest, and it was a break from, uh, from the hardcore stuff uh, because uh, after every match, basically, they had to sweep up all of the debris from the ring uh, every match was over just to create more uh, debris they'd sweep up debris to create more debris <laughs> right and there were some some pauses between matches and the sound guy was really enamored with tupac i heard the same tupac song all night long hmm. i don't know why he just really liked playing that song i guess and then uh the next match was ciclope against joey janela and this was probably my favorite match and probably the craziest thing i've seen in a wrestling match in a while um, so first off, they had a bunch of, uh, people come over and bring on in the weapons and they set up light tubes along the, the ropes. So you had like four, five different light tubes, uh, standing vertically across okay. the ropes. And so, uh, Joey Janela then comes out and he was wearing a pretty cool, uh, Michael Jordan, like three peat t-shirt. I thought that was awesome. I, I remember Try seeing that. that. Yes. And, uh, eventually shopping cart got involved. Uh, so there was mm. a shopping cart with light tubes on the front of it. And Joey Janela ran the light tube shopping cart into Ciclope. And then, uh, you know, Extremo, by the way, was at ringside with Ciclope as they are uh, a tag team together. Right. At one point, Ciclope goes to the corner and Miedo Extremo hands him something. I'm like, what the hell did you just hand him? And then I see fire and, he hits Joey Janela with a shining wizard with a flaming knee pad. I'm like, I have never seen that before in my life. That is how Ciclope beat him. And everybody was going crazy when that happened. And I myself also lost my mind when I saw that. Cause this is something I've never seen before. So yeah, it was an incredible match. And also I forgot about this other point 
uh, in this match. Uh, Janela was barefoot at one point and landed on the tax barefoot. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Uh, he had to be helped out of the uh, ring after it was over, needless to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was probably my favorite match out of the whole card. Yeah, and then you had the, a tag team title match, the Rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley against uh, an open challenge. So uh, didn't know who was going to take up the, the challenger. It turned out to be Ciclope and Miedo Extremo. And I'm like, how are these guys back out here? I mean, they just, like, died earlier. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how are they wrestling in another match? And here's another thing I never thought I would see in a match. A f- fishing rod got involved at one point. And one of the members of the rejects stuck the uh, end of the hook, the fish hook, into Ciclope's mouth and just threw him across the ring well, he was hooked up to the uh, fishing rod. Wow. So that was crazy. And in the end, uh, Los Maizios, or I'm probably saying that wrong, <laughs> uh, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo ended up winning. So they won the title. So that was cool to see a uh, title change. Yeah, but it was overall a fun experience, and I'd definitely go back to another show. And I think they, uh, they did pretty well uh, as far as turnout went. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come back here for another show. Great. And, and is it, did you, so I was just newer to the promotion. Has this always been their MO and kind of their reputation um, that they built in Jersey? Is this deathmatch promotion um, kind of alongside probably CZW? I know the, at least what I've heard of those, those two promotions don't really get along. Um, but uh, did you kind of know, even before they ran Milwaukee and obviously Chicago, did you know about GCW and this reputation that they've built? Yeah, I, I know about GCW. Um, I kind of found it through the the first year they did Joey Janela's uh, spring break is how I found out about it. Um, okay. I mean, it was, it used to be called Jersey championship wrestling before this, and they changed the okay. name, uh, the GCW and, a lot of the uh, the guys that were in CZW, uh, like Nick Gage and Zandig, actually came over to GCW from CZW, and and yeah, they kind of run. Here's the thing: they they run deathmatch shows, but not always, because there are some shows where where you don't have a whole lot of deathmatches. Okay, like. Um, like they just did the tournament of survival, which is their big uh, deathmatch tournament. So it's like a whole show of a, a, a tournament, a deathmatch tournament. But there are right. some shows where you have a mix of like deathmatch wrestling and then just like you know the regular uh, pro wrestling that you would see. Right. And they they tend to book a lot of uh, name guys like Janela, and they've had Eddie Kingston, and uh, I know mm-hmm. Matt Riddle. Um, you know, Teddy Hart's been there. So Homicide, right. and I know Homicide is actually a trainer for them at their uh, at their school. So okay, yeah, they're cool. definitely um, on the rise as far as indie promotions go. I mean, they're uh, obviously the ones behind Joey Janela's Spring Break, which is a big hit, and then they did uh, Matt Riddle's Bloodsport and. Uh, they're actually going to be doing a show coming up here in New York called Joey Janela's Lost in New York. So uh, 
That'll be a very interesting show because I know uh, PCO is going to be wrestling Matt Riddle on that show. So. Yeah, that's um, and that kind of I guess fits their mo, like booking crazy mother effers, and then why not bring PCO in uh, to wrestle another big name? So uh, yeah, it's a promotion that I feel like has caught fire, a lot of fire, at least in the last year or so, um, and seems to be really rising. So it's one that I think that's just will peak most people's interests um unintentionally or intentionally uh but yeah it's cool to it's cool that you shed some light on that show and um like on different things that they're doing and uh this kind of this past year that they've had um i wanted to get into a little bit of new japan uh the g1 climax um so i'm just gonna say really quickly and uh these couple of things that i've written down and then i'll I'll let you uh do your thing on just what you think will be some things to look out for what you're, you're looking forward to um to me the b block at least in terms of matchups and like matches that i want to see is overloaded with just i guess you could say favorites of mine um i'm really looking forward to potentially like a naito versus sonata match because i think that sonata you could do a slow burn storyline where sonata eventually breaks free from los ingernables de Japón. And like goes off on his own, which he'll probably need to if they are going to make him into a future champion. Um, so I think you could plant a seed for that within their match here. That's just a fantasy thing that my friend Greg and I uh, kind of made up, and we still text about hoping that will happen. And then also maybe planting a seed for an Abushi Omega breakup. Like they just got together, and their forces are strong right now. Um, but it might not be a terrible thing long term to have. Abushi versus Omega at this upcoming Wrestle Kingdom um, and kind of break that up. So um, those are just two things that, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if they don't happen, but I'm looking forward to those two matches because they're in the same block. And like B block just really sticks out to me as the more potentially entertaining block. Um, but what when you look at look the blocks, what, what, what went through your head and what are you looking forward to the most come G1? Well, the first thing I said before they even revealed what the blocks were, I was like, they better not put Omega and Okada together. And right, right. When I saw when I saw the blocks, I was like, oh, I'm glad they didn't do that this year because I'm like, we really don't need to see a fifth match between them so soon. Not to say Correct. that it isn't going to happen, but it's like you just had one, so maybe uh, you know, wait to do a fifth one if you're going to even do one. Good point. But yeah, I'm glad they they separated them. Uh, you know, I thought I, I I had a feeling that Ibushi and Omega would be paired together, and you know, there they are in the B block. Because uh, yeah, I mean, the B block obviously has a lot of uh, potential great matches in there because you've got Kenny, you've got Naito, Ibushi, Zack Saber Jr., uh, Tamahiro Ishii. Uh, Sonata, Tonga, Juice Robinson, Goto, and and Yano. I mean, the only one in there, it's like, you know, it's like, eh, he's Yano, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you have a lot of really good matchups in here. I mean, Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. had a really great match in last year's G1. They're going to have okay. another, I, I guarantee they're going to have another great one in this one. Uh, Omega and Naito had probably the best match of the G1 last year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how or if they're going to be able to outdo themselves in this one. Good point. Sonata, 
like you said, taking on Naito is an interesting match because as far as I know, they have never fought each other before. So this will be interesting. Uh, And the fact that, you know, they're both members of LIJ. I have a feeling that that match will probably go to a draw. I just have a feeling that it's going to end that way. I don't think one of them is going to go over the other. I think it's going to end in a draw because draws don't happen very often in the G1. I mean, I think there was one last year, but they don't happen very often. So I would think that that match is probably going to go to a draw. Um, But Naito and Ibushi, uh, you know, they had a great match last year. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they top that. Ishii and Omega is another one I'm looking forward to. Their match last year in the finals of the U.S. Championship Tournament was awesome. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a good one. Um, but yeah, Bushi and Kenny Omega, that is probably the match I think that everyone is looking forward to the most. Besides, you know, Tanahashi and Okada again. I mean, I could watch those two wrestle each other like every day of the week. <laughs> right, but, right. But yeah, um, Omega and Obushi, I think, is the match that everybody's looking forward to. I watched it when they revealed the uh, the matchups for the blocks, and uh, the crowd response was probably the loudest when they announced this match, Omega and Obushi. So everybody is really looking forward to that match. And the great thing about this show is it's going to be at the Budokan. They haven't run the Budokan in years. New Japan has not. So it's going to be uh, a different atmosphere for this match, but... Omega and Ibushi, uh, as far as who wins, uh, I actually think Ibushi's going to win because I actually think Ibushi's probably going to win the G1. Okay. And it'll set up Omega and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. I think Great, that's yeah. That's the ultimate game plan. I th- I'm, I'm totally on board with that. You just convinced me. Not that I thought about who would win yet. Uh, but I, I, I'm totally on board with that because I, yeah, I want to see Omega and, and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think they could, with enough time, they could kind of slow burn that feud, you know, like I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of really longstanding feuds and storylines. And like, there's enough time between now and January that they could really do it, uh, properly and not force a rush, rush anything. So yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I mean, the thing with New Japan, the thing that I really like about them is they actually plan things ahead. So (laughs) unlike some other wrestling promotions out there, they actually have long-term planning when it comes to their booking. So they know where they want to go. They know where they're at and where they want to go. So I would think that that is probably the end game for this, Ibushi against Omega, and you have all this time between the G1 and July, well, actually, the end of G1 is in August, but you have between August and January to kind of build that match. So I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in that time frame. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure Omega's going to end up still keeping the belt until... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, no matter who he ends up facing here, uh, because I really don't know who his next challenger would be. Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of depends if somebody actually beats him in the G1, because usually when someone uh, defeats the champion in the G1, they usually earn a title shot at one of the next uh, events, because Evil ended up getting a shot at Okada, because he was one of the only guys to beat Okada last year which was a shock to some people. And then he had a really good match with 
Okada a few months later. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody ends up knocking off Omega in this tournament and ends up earning a, a title shot uh, somewhere down the road yep. uh, before Wrestle Kingdom. But Yeah, that's a great point that, you know, they a lot of these matches aren't throwaways. Like, they they use them to set up the future. Um, and that's something that my friend Greg has also pointed out to me. So my friend, I have uh, two fans that watch New Japan pretty religiously, my friend Greg Nasty, and then someone who I've mentioned on this podcast before, his name is Jeremy Zaha. We like to call him the real Jeremy Zaha. And uh, we're trying this new thing called the hashtag watch every match movement, where we watch every single G1 match that takes place. It's hard and a feat that I'm both excited for and anxious for, because I don't know if I can do it Um, just because of life and everything else. Are you, are you in on that? Are you jumping on the hashtag watch every match movement with us? Uh, You know, last year I ended up watching the vast majority of matches. I think I might've skipped maybe a few and there were probably like the ones with Toro Yano against somebody like, I don't remember who, but it was like one of those, like, do I really need to watch this match? Because it's like one of those matches where it's like, I don't really care who wins. And it's like one of those matches that doesn't really affect anything as far as the standings okay. go. Right. But I tended to watch most of the matches last year. But yeah, I mean, it'll be quite a challenge to try and watch all of them because I know this year's it's going to be different. I know all 19 shows are actually going to be live. Um Whereas last year's, you know, you had some of them were live and then the others, they just uh, would put the... uh the block matches on uh, new Japan world later in the day or the next day. Okay. And you would just watch the, uh, the matches there. And they usually only had like the hard cam and maybe one guy with a steady cam. So it wasn't the best quality, but it was like, at least you were able to watch those matches. You had the options. Uh, but this year's I know is completely different where every show is going to be live streaming on new Japan world. And every show also is going to have English commentary with Kevin Kelly. I don't know if Don Callis is going to be there because, you know, he's got other obligations with uh, Impact Wrestling. So I don't know if he's actually going to take that entire month off of Impact Wrestling to commentate this massive tournament. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I... I'd be interested in getting in on that, trying to watch every match. Because uh, there are a lot of matches in this tournament that I actually want to see. Uh, sometimes you get those matches where it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't really want to watch this match. But a lot of these matches are like matches you you really want to see. You know? Oh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll keep you updated on uh, everything that I, hopefully, I, everything that I watch. Um, and I'll be using that, using that hashtag watch every match movement, which probably won't catch on between anyone else besides <laughs> just the two people I mentioned earlier and yourself, but we're going to try. Right. Um, great. Well, Nick, uh, thank you for joining this podcast. Um, and before you go, I'm going to give you the floor just to plug anything that you would want to plug um, and anything maybe like upcoming or any shows upcoming that you're going to uh, that you wanted to to point out at this time. Uh, so you have the floor. 
All right. Well, first off, I just wanted to thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to come on your podcast. Um, oh, of course. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to talk New Japan with somebody because um, I oftentimes don't talk with anybody except for my other two friends that uh, actually watch it because uh, the vast majority of other people I know don't even watch the product. So it's always fun to actually talk to somebody that actually watches it. So Yeah, uh, I agree. But, yeah, as far as plugs go, uh, my show – Again, Tuesday nights from 8 to 10 on theedgeonair.com. Right now, my show is on hiatus, though. Uh, it is coming back on July 17th. Uh, you know, with my work schedule changing, I uh, have to work Tuesday nights, so unfortunately, I can't do my uh, show every week. Uh, okay. But by the 17th, I will be back to the normal schedule, so the show will be back on the 17th on the edgeonair.com. Again, you can listen to it on the website or you can actually download the uh, TuneIn radio app, get that on your phone or your computer, wherever, and uh, you just uh, search for the edgeonair.com and you'll find it. And then you can listen to the show from 8 to 10 uh, on every Tuesday night. And we have a lot of fun on the show, myself and my uh, host, Neil Carroll's. Uh, we talk New Japan, we talk WWE, we talk the local indie shows as well. We usually talk about, you know, shows that are coming up, shows that we went to, kind of give our reviews on the shows. Okay. And then uh, we also have uh, a guy call in. Uh, I guess you call him that. We call him the Macho Ghost. He is the ghost of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, wow. We talk to, we talk to the ghost of the Macho Man, Randy Savage, every Tuesday night. So, uh that's uh, something we have going on <laughs> on our show. Uh, so we have a lot of fun on our show. We try to uh, keep it light. We try to make jokes. Uh, right. Uh, but yeah, uh, we also like to do our uh, pick'em segment where we always do pick'ems for every WWE pay-per-view. And then uh, we try to uh, beat the other one, see who can... Uh, who can win the uh, the pickums? We also have a group of nice. friends that participate in the uh, pickums, and we we try to beat each other in the pickums every month. So cool. uh, that's uh, the stuff that we do on that show. But uh, well, Nick, we'll have everything linked in the description and uh, the article of this podcast when it comes out, whether this is a solo pod or like it's combined with something else. Um, but, but thank you for those plugs and thanks for your time. Yeah, no problem. Anytime.